Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What do you got for me? What's wrong with you people? I got nothing for you. What's, what's, what's wrong with you? Welcome to The Reformatory, the podcast for the local church and by the local church. And we are your local churchmen. My name is Josh, and I'm here live and in person. In the flesh, people. In the (laughs) flesh. With the one, the only, Captain Jack Berry. Captain, we are here looking like Christmas morning. It does look like it, it. It does have a Christmas feel. Like to you it. know, yeah. it's 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 kind of dark outside. Flannel, flannel. I'm, we're both wearing flannel. You we know? are. We are. I'm actually legitimately in sweatpants <laughs> because you on a okay. So here's what happened. Okay, on a whim, I'm at work. Right, I'm at yep. work today. I get a, a Marco Polo from Jack because we Marco Polo like soccer moms. Yeah, right. Pretty much. And he's like, "Hey, I am all of a sudden." free for like for the next five days for the, <laughs> for the next five days uh we should we should do something i want to i want to come up there right yeah. i want to come up there i want to hang out i want to smoke we should record oh you brought me my birthday present oh dude anyway pretty so, nice dude i'm gonna go get the birthday present Josh and is i want the i want you to explain <laughs> to our to our people here yeah how this whole thing went down? Okay. Give me, give me one minute because okay. I want, I want to show the people, I want to show the people yeah. that you finally came through. Four months later, good tidings, yes. finally came through. So give me a minute. So as Josh is getting this gift, um, so I, my wife, so my wife and I do a lot of spontaneous stuff. Like we are just spontaneous people. That's kind of why I married her because we like spontaneous outings, get-togethers, whatnot. Uh, I'm, I was finishing the last one of the last meetings on Microsoft teams for work that I had this morning before I had to call different candidates and stuff like that. And my wife comes up with my son who's seven months old and she's like, Hey, uh, I am going to go to the Oregon coast and meet up with, uh, some of my family and just go down there and hang out for the next like until Thursday. And I'm like, all right, well, I can't do that. So have fun. (laughs) 
I have to work, sweetheart. <laughs> I'm like, I cannot I, do this. This is a man's uh, world. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot do the things that you can do because I have to bring home money yeah. for, for yeah. our family. Because of the curse. Yeah. Sweetheart. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, well, that frees me up. So let me call Josh. Mm -hmm. uh, because originally we were just going to do this via, you know, like we always do via Riverside and right. stuff like that. Right. Plus, I'm just like, call up the guys up north, try and get the cigar lounge that we both know, the mobile cigar lounge. Yep. Tin can. Yep. Tin, tin can, can lounge open. up in Linden, Washington. Shout just, out. To see if we can get something going. And so Josh is like, let's do this. Let's let's go. Yeah. Let's assemble the crew. Yep. Let's get this going. Yep. So, yep. Assemble the Avengers. <laughs> we got them all together. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it happened. So, so. you're up here. Uh, we are recording in person, obviously, and then we're going to go hang out, uh, together and enjoy, enjoy a good time. But this is, this is the, this is the present, mm -hmm. the long lost present. I'm sure you can see that tabernacle. Okay. All right. And, uh, I love the tabernacle boxes. Yeah, I really do. They're really nice. Get, we're going to get a little ASMR action here. <laughs> <laughs> the, the creaking of the wood boxes. Yes. You got me some David and Goliaths, yeah, which we have reviewed on this uh, podcast before. But not only did you give me the David and Goliaths, you got me the David and Goliath Havana seed. Yeah, these yeah. are fantastic and like well done. <laughs> the regular real, done. real that, homie, right there. It was like okay, yeah. so I went to I went to my local cigar brick and mortar, yeah, uh, Smoky Joe's, and I'm like, hey. I'm like, do you guys have any Goliaths? And the tobacconist is like, uh, hold on. Goes in the back. He's like, I don't think we do. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, the tabernacle Goliath. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a we have a few left or a couple. And so I took the rest of those. And then I'm just like, all right, do you have any Davids? And he's like, yeah, you could either have it in the broadleaf or in the Havana seat. I'm like, give me the broadleaf stuff. Uh -huh. So I did seven Davids and three Goliaths. It's it a wonderful out, present. It equates out to 100% awesomeness. 100% <laughs> awesomeness. Yeah, absolutely. And I, got a, and I got Josh's sticker from Apostate. You did. From you did. Yep. Montana that, yep. that I've got for free in one of those lounges in Montana. So All in all, I'm glad you came up. Yeah. Finally. Well, yeah. you know, whether it be four months late, whatever, it's okay. We don't care. We got him. We got the goods, and I'm looking forward to sh sharing them tonight. So, mm -hmm. Jack, speaking of, my friend, before we get into our topic this mm -hmm. evening, uh, why don't you hop into this week's reformatory Cigar of the Week? What do you got for us? The last and final week in February. Actually, well, this is it? This should be uh, the last. Uh, is it the let last me check, Let me check. Let me check. Let me check. Hold on. Once this on. airs. Little, little on-air. Uh, no, there'll be one more. So this is coming wow. out on the 22nd oh and we'll gosh. have the 29th. Okay. So. I gotta, I'll probably find another foundation. <laughs> Dude, this is, this is probably the yeah, longest. Jack's like, Jack's like, please let February be This over. is the <laughs> longest month that I've done cigar reviews for just one brand. I and you. I mean, I but you. honestly, yeah. like foundation yeah. has a good amount of cigars. people. So yeah. Yep, we're, yep. we're pretty much stocked. So, um, February is for foundation. Mm-hmm. And we've been going through um, a cigar brand called Foundation Cigars uh, by Nick Melillo. 
Um, this cigar is called the Olmec, mm-hmm. which is very new. Uh, within the last, uh, I would say, it started to debut in 2022, and he started to release it to brick and mortars uh, late 2022, early 2023. Uh, started to come out. Um, actually has had across the board over 90s in every single Vitola sizing. Um, So even by the hardest place to get a 90 or above rating, Half Wheel, Half Wheel gave this particular cigar that I'm going to share, which is called the Olmec. Uh, It's in the Claro wrapper. So there's a Claro and a Maduro wrapper. Mm -hmm. So a Mm -hmm. Claro natural wrapper and then a Maduro wrapper. Most of the most of the higher um, rated cigars of the of the Olmec line are in the um, the Claro wrapper. So this is called the Olmec Claro Robusto. Uh, it is obviously it's most of the tobacco in this is Nicaraguan. Um, your wrapper is actually San Andreas. So your wrapper is San Andreas, but your binder is Nicaraguan, and your filler is two types of Nicaraguan. It's from Ooh. Esteli and Jalapa. Let's go. So um, this usually retails anywhere between this particular cigar retails anywhere between. It's a little bit on the pricier side, uh, between ten and fourteen dollars MSRP. Okay. Um, so it's a little bit more pricier, but honestly. If you're getting an over 90 rating for this um, and the flavors are there, then, like, by all means, keep going for it. Um, I would say, so some of the flavors that you're actually going to pick up on this, (laughs) I had to, like, go through and look at tasting notes because, to me, tasting notes... I can't get to like the heart of tasting notes. Sometimes it's very hard. You don't you don't taste the citrus flavored leather that yeah, they talk about. I like know. The, so yeah. even even these guys at Cigar Aficionado say it's obviously a little bit of a fuller smoke, but they said that they get impressions impressions of taste of toasted almond cream. Okay, I have no clue what this tastes like. Malted milk ball. What in the heck is a malted milk ball? So, you know, it's like a Whopper that you okay. melt down. I don't know. I maybe? Guess. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and then they said, and uh, coffee and some butterscotch. So it is kind of on the sweeter end of things. Yeah. But it does give you some mintiness as well, too. And so, but like I said, this this has been rated over nine anywhere between 90 to 94 ratings. Um, the Olmec uh, Claro Robusto uh, from every different cigar kind of review house. And to, to have a cigar like that go between 10 to $14, I'd say it's pretty good. Some of the other cigars are, are right around that area, maybe a little bit more. I think their Toros are right in like the 14 to $15 range, which is yep. actually really yep. good for a Toro. It is. Yep. So, yeah. That's your cigar of the week, fellow, fellow, what am I trying fellow, to say? Fellow partakers. Fellow partakers. Fellow Patreons. Fellow patrons of the leaf. Yes. yes. Something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know Absolutely. what to do. I don't know what to do with my hands right now. It's okay. That's <laughs> all right. That's all right. We're not live often. You know, like we got it. We got to get back into the swing of things. Well, Jack, as always, my friend, well done. That is the Olmec. Fantastic stick. Uh, very, very good. That is the reformatory cigar of the week. And you know what to do, my friends. 
go and smoke to the glory of God. All right, Jack. So today we're going to talk about uh, topical preaching yeah. versus exegetical or, or, or expositional <laughs> preaching, if you will. Right. So um, this is a large topic. Oh, yeah. Right, And this was actually a topic that was submitted by one of our patrons. So again, little patron plug, right? Patron mm-hmm. suggested topics get first priority. All right. So if you have a topic or something like that, that you want the reformatory to cover and you want to, you know, you want it to, Hey, come on guys, get with it, get with it here. Can I maybe, <laughs> maybe speed it along? Uh, you can head on over to Patreon, you know, become an all access member. And uh, that is your right to send us topics to cover. And uh, unless it's super crazy, we're going to cover it. So anyway, this was actually a patron submitted topic, and they wanted to know our thoughts on where we kind of stood uh, in the the I, I don't even know if I'd call it a debate because, uh, I mean, I suppose some people debate the merits, the pros and cons of, of both. Right. And which is better and specifically which should be done in the context of the Lord's Day. Right. So you have topical preaching, which is basically and I'm going to use kind of my own my own definition. These aren't a, a, a strict textbook definition. It's going to be a definition that I just kind of. I'm, I'm going to give from experience. Right. Uh, topical preaching is is normally uh, either, you know, some sort of series that you're going through or again, a topic since hence it's 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 its name that you then go to the word of God to find verses that cover that specific topic. Um, Often, not always, but often uh, it won't usually be a a chunk of scripture that you go through verse by verse. Most topical sermons, you have the topic, whatever it is like, you know, uh, love or, you know, um, gratitude, right. Or, or, or something political, like in a lot of kind of the larger churches (laughs) that are into, into topical stuff. And then you, you, in a sense, cherry pick verses that kind of go with that topic. And that's usually what the sermon is, right. Um, expositional preaching is, you know, as best as I can, as I can describe taking a passage of scripture and going through it, that it's scripture is the thing that dictates where you are that Sunday morning. So you're going to be going through books of the Bible, right? And you're going to be going through them verse by verse, chapter by chapter, right? Um, So that kind of is, is the layman's, if you will, difference between the two. Um, One is going to be more topic centered with some sprinklings of scripture. The other one is going to be much more centered on the word of God. And the word of God is going to be the thing that dictates uh, what is preached, how it's preached, where you are that particular Sunday morning. Um, So I, I think there's merits. I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll start this out. I think there's merits to both. Although I do believe that one is more beneficial in the, I would say, in the majority yeah. than the other, yeah. right? Um, so, Jack, what's your, maybe I'll start with you, what's your experience with topical preaching versus expositional preaching? Uh, at least, at least um, I will say topical preaching, it's like, man, it's like, like Jeopardy. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
you're going in and out of different subjects and different places, and it's not a coherent narrative that you're actually trying to teach out of. Um, I had been through a church, uh, one of the first churches that I went to when I first became a Christian, did a lot of topical preaching. And it just was like, I, I, where are we going again? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, how are we learning? You know, what's going on? Like, like how do you basically um, be trained in righteousness and godliness uh, from the texts? Like, how is God revealing himself through these just one-off topical sermons um, that sometimes become soapboxes in and of themselves and are not helpful? Versus, uh, it is very important that, uh, in an expositional or exegetical way of preaching that you're going through an entire book, an entire epistle of the Bible, and you're actually like breaking it down, not only breaking it down, but a lot of the times people only think in verses, um, I really want to get out of that. And I want to think in paragraphs. Mm, yeah. Because yeah. then you're getting the whole idea from paragraph to paragraph. Um, the whole thought, because a lot of people do this. They take a verse, they take it out of the paragraph that it's in and the thought that it's in, and then they cherry pick it and then they make it and interpret it to mean what they want it to mean. Not what the author wants it to mean. Sure. 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 <laughs> so. And, and, and what's interesting about that is that you can have, you know, quote unquote, expositional preachers that turn an exposition in, in, in that, that turn it topical. Right. Yeah. And I think, I think that you, you see that with, with some preachers who will, you know, like they take the opening, uh, you know, the opening greeting of an epistle and it'd be like, you know, to the church in Corinth, you know, the, I, I, you know, a servant of Christ. And I'm like, all right, we're just talking about this today. Right. And then you get an entire sermon that's basically a historical, you know, understanding of the Church of Corinth. And, and look and look again. Part of, I think, good preaching is understanding the historical context. Right. And then definitely the the intent of the author. Right. Yeah. But it's really hard to get that across when you're only taking, you know, a phrase. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's, it's, it, it always, inst it always kind of makes me smile when I'll hear, you know, pastors be like, Oh, Oh, we, we preach exegetically here. We preach verse by verse. Right. But then you show up to Sunday morning and it's one verse <laughs> and, and, and it's like, well, that's, that's like really, you basically turned it into a topical sermon yeah. at that point. You know, it's <laughs> like it is okay if you're not John Piper. I don't know if you've seen these. Oh, where dude. he goes, where he literally <sighs> just does one verse. And I'm like, I was, I was literally okay, thinking of Piper. Yeah. Okay, like Pastor John, like you can go through a paragraph. It's fine to go through a paragraph. <laughs> yeah. You know that, right? Yeah, yeah. Like even like we. So sometimes right now, so we're my local church is going through the Book of Acts, and we will uh, only read a certain amount of text when we're standing because we have some older saints in our congregation. And so we might only read a certain text, but our pastors will preach a good amount of the text to kind of finish it out. So we kind of did that, uh, this last Sunday 
uh, which was funny because I had written I had written a devotional upon uh, Paul's conversion on the road to Damascus, and I did this like whole contextual thing about how um, this this phrase like um, kicking against the pricks actually was used a lot by sure. uh, Gentile uh, poets. Kicking against the goads. Kicking against the pricks, kicking against the goads. It's a, it's a, the same farm implement. Same farm implement. I mean, one could be a, one could be a swear word. Let's I mean, be I was gonna say, like, <laughs> I've never, I've never actually heard that. I, I've always heard kicking against the goads, but I kind of like the other one better. Kicking against the pricks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's, sounds like a punk a new, rock. That's band, a new dude. punk rock it's, band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Band name. Call it. Call it. <laughs> actually, that. So that that phrase is used about. A lot of different times. So there's a guy who wrote uh, a Bavink, Herman Bavink uh, biography named James Ellington. He's over there, I think, in Scotland. But he basically brought forth this idea of how that phrase kicking against the pricks was used by a lot of Gentile and a lot of like Greek philosophers and literature to basically show how man is fighting against a God or fighting against mm, gods. Yeah. And it's so yeah. funny that basically Luke puts that into the text where Paul is literally fighting against God by imprisoning all the Christians right. and he, right. and Jesus confronts him with that, that statement. Do you so. know how bad I want to title that <laughs> this F that now I, I, I won't, but I want to title this up kicking against the person. Just see what the numbers do. This <laughs> is like out of just pure curiosity clicks. You know, like what are they talking about? <laughs> Josh, Josh wants pure like clickbait. Josh wants pure clickbait right now, so we can get Dude, into this. So. I want clickbait. I want it on a shirt. That sounds amazing. Um, but yeah, so so there's. I I will say I think there are pros. I think there are pros to both. Right. Um, I do believe that expositional preaching should be primary in your local church. I will yeah. say that because when we go to the Lord's day, right? The thing that is center or the thing that should be centered, especially for us Reformed Baptists, we see in our confession, it is the word of God. Yeah. The word of God is center, right? It is the thing that everything revolves around, right? The singing of it, the praying of it, the preaching of it, right? Uh, Everything revolves around the word of God, right? So when you when you have a a a system that relies primarily on topical preaching, I think the danger that can end up happening there is that you run into you run into man's opinions and man's interpretation much more than you do the authoritative word of God, mm. right? Now, in expositional preaching, you're still going to have interpretation, right? Sure. Because the preacher's job is going to be to take the word of God and preach it and apply it. And in that study, you know, they'll be using commentaries and things like that, right? And we, we do believe in biblical interpretation, right? Because yeah. there's right ways to interpret scripture and wrong ways, right? But the word of God is still the thing that remains central, and it's still the thing that remains authoritative, right? And when you have a just kind of a culture in your church that relies primarily on topical preaching, you lose the authority. Yeah. Because I want in in the sermon 
although I am being preached to by by a man, right? Someone who is fallible. I want the majority of the things that they are saying not to be their opinion or their thoughts on whatever topic this is. Yeah. It should be this is what the word of God says. And this is how we rightly apply it. Yeah. Right? I feel sometimes too topical sermons can also be like apologies. Like like in that sense of an apology, in the style of an apology. Right. Versus right. you're actually it's a sermon. Like you're actually preaching the gospel through this. It's not like a bunch of proof. Like I found a bunch yes. of proof texts. In right. Order to it's not a lecture. It's yeah. not a lecture. Which I feel like topical sermons are kind of like that. And they that's why they kind of like when I was not a believer and just had topical sermons, they kind of bored me a lot. Cause I'm like, mm. what's the point to this? Like, and then when I started to hear exegetical preaching, when I became a believer, um, they got to the ending point was more focused on the gospel. The ending point was more focused on the text showing us why basically what does this have to do with the personal work of Jesus uh, and the gospel. And so yeah, yeah, those landing points hit a lot better than just a topical sermon, which was like kind of like ranting and raving and soapboxing a little bit. And it, it just, there wasn't coherent thoughts. It was just kind of like, you know, some mixes of, you know, uh, apology style preaching, I guess you could say. So yeah, that's always confused yeah. me. Um, I don't know. Topical sermons. I, I, I depends. It depends on like what's yeah, happening. It's true. I mean, like Easter. Okay. You could do a topical sermon on Easter. Sure. Technically I advent. I mean, I mean, look like again, like th- this is where I want to be fair. Technically I, I just put together an entire topical series that sure. our church went through. Right. Like I put together our, our advent series, right. Which is, a topical it is a topical series right True. so but i will say with that is that the way that i designed it is that we are still preaching expositionally even though it is a topical series yeah. and i think the best topical sermons that i have heard because because i'm not going to say that topical is never is never right or that's never appropriate yeah i do think there are times where it is good and wise to do a topical series, depending on the needs of the congregation at at the current time, right? If say you just went through a really difficult, uh, you know, church church discipline or something like that in your church, yeah. and we you know we need to take a month, let's take four Sundays, and do a short series on what you know what the Matthew eighteen process looks like, or what uh, biblical uh, restoration looks like, right? Or go through, you know, our covenant. You know, our church right now, we took the the beginning of the year to go through our church covenant. What is it that we have covenanted together? Yeah. In when we say we are members of Redeemer Church, what does that mean? Yeah. Right. So that is a topical series, right? And I do think that there are times where that is appropriate and good. And I think the discerning elders understand when that's good and when that's when that's in, when it, it's probably not going to help. But I don't think it should be the norm. And I do think that, again, what I was going to say is the best topical sermons that I have heard are still expositional. Yeah. And I will say this, too. Even though you say topical, you're still going expositional. Yes. So right. for me, I had been introduced to strictly... There was no series. 
There was no like, and honestly, like during Advent, you're usually in one of the gospels at the beginning of the birth narrative of Jesus. That's expositional. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can, it's kind of seasonal, you could say. Right. Um, but I was, I had preaching like you were just going anywhere and everywhere. Yep. 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 That kind of topical stuff confuses the ever living daylights out of me. Sure. sure. And it's like, okay, you're preaching on this. Yeah. Today we're talking about giving, (laughs) you know, next week we're talking about sexual immorality next, you know, next it's that kind of, that kind of, how to be a good father, that kind of topical stuff. That confuses me. Sure, sure. Because you're not coherently going through a text to help your people to understand it. Like, we did the same thing. We talked about gospel culture, uh, and then we looked at a chapter in Romans. I think it was Romans 12, maybe. I'm trying to remember. I think it was Romans 12, where we looked at uh, some examples of gospel culture and what Paul was exhorting to the church in Rome. And so you can do topical things but it's still really a lot of churches say that but it's code word for this is our topic of the sermon series but we're really going exegetically through this right 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 which which i think is the best way to do it like yeah. if if you again you know even with the advent series that that we went through which is a topical series or the covenant series that we're going through right now which is a topic it's a topical series we're still utilizing whole passages of scripture that we preach through verse by verse. Yeah. Right. And we're making not, not so much the topic, the authority, but the scripture that speaks about the topic. Right. And I think, you know, some people might say, well, that's just kind of, you know, you know, kind of, you know, choosing, you know, kind of splitting hairs. And, and I, I don't think so. I think that there is a difference between, going to a topic and being like, okay, I'm going to preach on, you know, parenting, right? So I need to find all the verses in the Bible that talk (laughs) about parenting and then structure basically this sermon. Again, like you said, Jack, it often turns out to be more of a lecture when it's, when it's that style. And then I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to preach that, right? It's so much more effective. If you believe that your congregation is in need of hearing a sermon on parenting, let's find a, passage of scripture that speaks on parenting yeah, and just go through that passage. Let the passage be your guide, not your opinion or not, you know, how you think it should be structured. Yeah. Right. It's so much healthier. And I think that it, it really makes topical series when you are going to do them, it really makes them more effective because it's still rooted in the authority of scripture and you're still going to get more scripture than opinion, which is always, always good how it should be, especially in the Lord's day. Yeah. I think to put this into practice too, of just show you kind of in my mind, how I were to do a runoff quote unquote topical sermon. I was actually supposed to preach at a, what's called, um, what's not called. It is a, a ministry to believers who have gone through rehab and they became Christians out of rehab, drug rehabilitation, And then they're now basically going through a pathway of housing and getting stabilized from that time in their life that was really challenging. And so I was supposed to speak at a chapel last week, but then I had some meetings and stuff that got in the way, which stinks. But the way that I was going to preach or what I was going to preach on is basically Matthew chapter two. And it was the narrative of King Herod. 
And basically going through how I would preach it is talk about who King Herod is and his line. Because King King Herod and his line go all the way into the book of Acts. So Agrippa is actually part of Herod's line. Uh, most of the kings that are in Judah or Judea of like the first century are part of King Herod's line. And basically taking King Herod... And using him has kind of this like model for how we basically want to crown ourselves God instead of actually crowning the Lord Jesus God. Mm. Yeah. So a lot of that comes because you see Herod's like imposition of like being afraid that his authority is being superseded and stuff like that. And it's funny too of how King Herod's line was crowned because he was actually crowned by the Roman Senate they named him the king of the Jews. And isn't that ironic that the king of the Jews, that title was actually given to Jesus on his crucifixion. Yeah. Yeah. So you could do a lot of stuff. I was going to do a lot of stuff exegetically with that. And that's just a snippet into my mind and how I go into that text because it shows it's really, you can empathize with King Herod because he is a sinner just like us. (laughs) Although, we as Christians will crown Jesus as king because mm-hmm. we have been given the gift of faith in order to do that by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, but it's just so different if I were to do that like at the beginning when I became a believer because I would have just went strictly topical and oh, had yeah. no frame of mind in doing right. stuff. Yeah, exactly. Versus actually getting into the text and how that applies to us today, which is probably the hardest thing to do. The hardest thing to do in exegetical and expository preaching is taking what you're doing or or basically going back to the original text and making a clear um, theological thought to your readers today. That is the hardest thing. If you want more like training on how to do that, probably the best place to do that is called through... Uh, what's called a Simeon Trust Workshop. Probably the best, if you're going to get any type of exegetical training on it as a preacher or teacher in the church, they probably do some of the best work as far as showing you how to actually exegete the text and preach it expositorily. Hopefully that's a word. Uh, expositionally. Expositionally. There it is. To found it. your congregation. Yeah. They probably do the best at it because they actually have a coherent thought process to it. And also there's graphs. If if the patrons want graphs. Oh, for all of you. I'm not going full dispensationalist. I was going to say, I was going to say for all, for all of you, you know, post, post dispies. <laughs> There's a graph, but there are graphs that I have of how you can preach a text uh, that is actually really good. And I'm going, I'm going through it as well too, because we're going through a lot of different ways to basically how to interpret a text uh, in my local church, in my, there's a group of pastors and leaders that get together and we're kind of going through this season in our lives for the next year and a half to kind of figure out if we're to become elders or deacons or whatnot. And the first book that we're going to through is um, called how to interpret the Bible. There you go. <laughs> so, there you go. Anyway. So yeah, at, at the end of the day, um, I think there are appropriate times to utilize topical sermons. Right. Um, but I do think that they should still be rooted in the word of God and use the word of God as the template for them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
topogetical is usually the, the 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 term that I will use. Is that yeah, you know, it it might be a topic or a certain series, but we're still utilizing scripture as the template for what we are preaching, right? Um, that being said, I do believe the best model, not only biblically, but all I think I think for the health and the cohesion of the Lord's Day for the people, yeah, is that we're going through a book of the Bible. Because yeah. the word of God is central. The word of God is authoritative. And we are here to hear. We are here to hear the word of the Lord. And we're here to 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 understand what it is that the Lord is speaking to us. And the only way that we get that is through his word. Right. Yeah. Um, so I would say that's that's how I would kind of end it, at least for me, is is I think best practice, go through a book of the Bible because it's the word of God. There's nothing better that you that that you could go through than the word of God. Yeah. Uh, and if you're gonna, you know, do a topical series, make sure it's still the word of God. You know, it's not it's not something that just because you're going through a topical series, like oh, you know, we have to now cherry pick verses. No, I mean the word of God is authoritative. It's got it's sufficient. It's got everything you need. Find the passage and go through it. Yeah, I would just say uh, looking at it from the history of the church. In the early church, they would read whole epistles out loud. Um, there wouldn't there wouldn't necessarily necessarily be a sermon after that, but I feel like that gives you a better context to what's going on in the early church and how that kind of applies to us now, where we can take it chunk by chunk and basically give more uh, interpretation to what's being said. Yeah. So. Yep. Um, that's kind of how we make that into today versus, um, I don't know, just zigzag. Like I said, I've, I've seen churches that just zigzag all around. It confuses you. There's no coherent thought. Yeah. Like I would rather be in a place or a season to where we're parked in a certain text, whether epistle or book or anything for a period of time to reflect on that versus just going everywhere with topical sermons right. that make no coherative sense. Right. And they don't really help you. Yep. Um, in your Christian walk. Yep. It's just a lot of confusing topics that you're just kind of cherry picking out right. of. So right. try and find, I, and the hardest part too is having those conversations with your pastors. Yeah, yeah. So depending upon what kind of church you're in, right, you could go about it in a very humbling way and just say, "Hey, how does preaching different preaching on different topics with different texts every single Sunday? I don't feel like I'm being helped um, in any coherent in any." cohesive thought process into my Christian life and how that applies to me versus if you are in an exegetical preaching church, I think at, at the least that you're getting is actually cohesive thought. Um, depending upon the preacher that might change from how you're getting the application from the text to you throughout the week, but at least you're getting cohesive thought through the narrative of what you're going through. Mm -hmm. I would just say, if you have a, a pastor who's just going topical and just cherry picking verses every single week and just kind of riffing off of them like that, 
it's that would be really hard for me to stay in as sure. personally. Sure. That if if I went to a local church like that, it would just be very hard for me to stay in that local church because it's not helping me. Yeah. So absolutely, Jack. One of my deacons is out outside the door right now. Oh, great. So why don't you get us out of here? Okay. I'm going to let him in, and then we're going to wrap the wrap the program. Up. All right, All ladies right. and gentlemen, uh, we appreciate uh, your time uh, with us on the Reformatory. Uh, you can find us on the Sociables, the Metaverse, or the Facebook, the Instagram. Uh, goes well with chocolate and marshmallow, or uh, the always faithful. Uh, dumpster fire that is the sociable formerly known as twitter x X, Uh, oh my gosh all at the tag at reformatory pod uh josh you can tell the lovely people how they might support us in other endeavors well listen up you lovely people there's many ways you can support the reformatory first and foremost we have a youtube if you want if you're one of those weird people that want to see us (laughs) as well as listen to us and i mean and, and in this app you get to see us live Right, uh, you can head on over to YouTube and uh, like uh, this episode. Right, subscribe to the channel, like, comment, subscribe, click the little bell for notifications, as the kids say. Yeah. We'd really appreciate that. Uh, you can give this podcast a rating and review on Spotify and Apple. I hear Google Podcasts are going away. I actually got that. Yeah. Uh, so a Spotify our lo- and a member in our local church is like Google Podcasts are going away. What do I do? And I'm like Spotify or Apple, baby. Podbean. Yeah, 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 <laughs> or that, or, 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 or something else. Are. Yep. So uh, give us a rating and review. We'd appreciate that. Last but not least, we have a Patreon. We have all yes. access. All right. And if you want to be one of those listeners that has all access to Jack and I, then you I should not. <laughs> <laughs> More access other, than the average Joe. Let's just say that. Let's just say that. <laughs> Uh, then you should head on over to Patreon. We have all access. You get multiple bonus apps every week. You get this episode early. You get first look at any video content that we put out. And it's just, we have a chat. We got, we got chats going on. We got people giving recommendations, having conversations. It's I pretty to, great. I need to enter it's, in this chat. A lot of people yeah. don't know that I'm not on the Patreon page. That's true. That's true. That's true. I, I kind of am the Patreon ambassador. Yeah. I have to figure out a way to give you the, I might be able to just give you the login. And then you Maybe could probably download it on your phone. But Maybe we would so. have to, because it would be under the same login, though, we'd have to specify who's talking. Yeah. Because you got some crazy ideas. <laughs> and I don't want the people to think, <laughs> you know, if you're talking, that, that it's coming from Josh. Because, you know, like, my, my, my ideas are my Yeah, my, my ideas are my own. Top copyrighted. <laughs> Copyright Josh. 2020, yeah. 2024. <laughs> but if you head on over to Patreon for $5 a month, a $5 holla, that's all it is. You too could become a Patreon supporter. And our pledge to you is that your name shall be hallowed. Hallowed, sir. Hallowed. Hallowed through the halls of the podcast. That is our pledge to you. My deacon is holding one of my pipes right now. And almost put it. Don't put it in your mouth. Don't do it. I got to go. We thank you all for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode of the reformatory. Put it down.